0: Hey, how's it going? And welcome back to the Be Positive, Stay Positive podcast. My name is Nett, and I'm here for you, man. Three times a week, I am here for you, talking about all kinds of things to make you feel good about yourself. And who knows what you might discover when you actually start looking deep in your mind and your thoughts. You might even get to be happy. Uh, before I get started, I'd like to send you over to the BePositivePodcast dot com slash your story and tell me your thoughts. Tell me your story. Tell me what's going on in your life, and uh, we'll see. If I can get you a shout out on the show also today, I have a special episode today. I have a special guest. His name is Brandon Cruz. He is the founder of the South Florida Center for Percussion Arts, Percussive Arts in South Florida. I'm um, one of the most positive people I know, and uh, this will actually be the first official interview of the show. So welcome to the show, Brandon. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, and thank you so much for having me.
0: No problem, man. I've been wanting to get you on this show for a while, but you're a very busy man, hard to get a hold of.
1: (laughs) I'm very happy that we were able to make it happen, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you.
0: Well, excellent. Well, I have a a wide fan base, a lot of listeners, and I get a lot of stories from people about uh, um, being positive and how to deal with negativity and how to deal with health issues and how to deal with uh, different things in the relationship. But I want to start by letting the people know who you are and where, what's going on and what is the, uh, SFCPA. SFCPA is a
1: nonprofit percussion resource center and offers to the South Florida community a whole variety of services, educational classes uh, for kids, group classes, community events. Every Friday we do a free Friday drum jam which is open to the community, all ages, all abilities. You don't have to have any experience. A lot of fun with that. We do a traditional jazz jam session uh, once a week. And we have, because I have the luxury of a facility, um, we are able to put on uh, educational workshops for the community. Uh, We host field trips for schools. We go out to schools, museums. Libraries, parks, you name it. We basically get to expose the entire community to the joy and power that drumming provides.
0: I can relate, man.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I know you would. So, you know, whether it's a child that's very serious about it and wants to really, you know, focus on their skills or it's uh, maybe a a beginner that just wants to try the drums out or, you know, for stress relief for adults, build self-esteem for kids of all ages. I mean, I could go on and on with the benefits of drumming. And so we use it as a tool for all of these positive hopefully impactful activities throughout our community.
0: Well, wow, that's fantastic. uh, It's it's really a cool facility, too. And obviously, it hasn't always been huge. And um, this started out as just a dream or a thought in your mind, didn't it? It was just an idea.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh, And one of the things that I've managed to tell people, because since it has grown, I've had several people contact me to kind of get a background about it. People that are interested in maybe doing something similar in their communities uh, or opening their own drum center or even just a drum studio, more traditional drum studio.
0: It's time to franchise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, trust me, I've had people suggest that for, for years now. But basically, I've told them that, you know, the key really is patience and persistence. And I had the idea kind of start way back in 2010, and it took about three and a half years from where it started as an idea to actually opening in August of 2013. All of that time I spent developing the business plan, connecting with drum companies, finding, uh, you know, ways to fund all of this, finding the proper space. I mean, the list goes on and on, but even though I had, you know, all different types of feedback, you know, from positive and negative as far as are you sure you want to do this and different suggestions of how I should do it and you know, and I appreciated all of the input, um, but I just kept going with the, with at least the key idea. Yeah, things kind of evolve and change throughout the process, but during those three years, I was pretty determined that I would get to that opening day, and I'm very fortunate that we we made it. And then from 2013 on, that's a, another journey. Because I originally envisioned for the center, it didn't take off right away. You know, I I remember many nights being there basically in an empty space, big empty space, lots of drums. You know, I was ready to go. And I was just going, why is this place not full? You know, I wanted it to be full like a month after we opened. Right, right. (laughs) You know, that didn't happen right away. Um, but I would say even within the, the the whole first two years that we existed, obviously we made it, but there were some scary moments and there was times that people were suggesting, Hey, why don't you consider doing birthday parties and why don't you do this and why don't, you know, trying to be helpful. Um, but it it took a while for me to kind of find the right combination of, you know, services and ways to let the community know that we existed um, for it to take root. And part of it is just being patient enough if you have the ability mm-hmm. to just stay alive that it will it will happen. Basically, after two years, uh, definitely by the start of 2016, so definitely about two and a half years after we opened, we finally had enough things going and we had a couple of great uh, opportunities that kind of put us over the hump. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, like, I could sleep at night. I knew that things were going to be okay and the rent was going to be paid. Right. So, you know, once I got to that level of stability a few years into it, then it's just a matter of growing things, of fine-tuning, of adjusting, you know, and that's the, the way it is in, in life. You're always assessing what you're doing and trying to make adjustments to improve things.
0: You should do that. I mean, uh, I, you did. You said something earlier that you said a couple times about being persistent and not giving up. And I, I talk about that a lot about people when uh, that aren't aren't positive or don't see the good side of life or are so pessimistic and uh, don't. Uh, they have bad habits and I tell them that uh, I talk a lot about changing your habits and it has to. You have to be persistent and you have to be patient because things don't happen overnight. And a lot of times. When either with somebody wants to be an entrepreneur, or they want to change their life, or they want to change their job. They're not patient enough, and they try to rush into things and make hasty decisions, or they just settle for me- mediocrity when they know that they want something more out of life. And the fact that you went through the super low points when everybody was saying you should give up, and you didn't—you know—it just proves again that if you stick with your dreams and stick with your goals, and you know, and you're persistent then it will pan out, you know, things will pan out for you.
1: Absolutely. It's very easy to get discouraged if you don't see results for your efforts right away. Right. And the way that I've kind of viewed this whole journey has been that I was I was planting a garden. You know, like a vegetable garden. You're not going to plant things and expect it to grow in, in two weeks or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, it's something that you have to tend to and stay patient, but continue to work at it and continue to evaluate, you know, what you're doing well, but be honest when something's not working well you know, what I originally envisioned for the center was a little bit more mainstream for percussion and for a music school. I thought it was going to be primarily filled with students that already had a music background and I was going to help them, you know, prepare for college and, you know, and, and really that didn't happen, not right away and not in in a large, you know, number. I had some kids that were in that situation, but Overall, I was wondering why are the music kids that are in the band classes and their high schools and things like that, why aren't they coming? I'm giving them this great opportunity. And and the truth was through experience and through the process learned that they were already in their own band programs. They weren't comfortable going somewhere that's foreign to them.
0: Right. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, but for the general community that hasn't, really been exposed to music yet and for younger kids in elementary school that don't generally start playing drums the same way you do in middle school or high school they're ready to go they're super enthusiastic and everybody loves drums too (laughs) oh yeah no i've said it many times that I have the easiest job in the world. It's like trying to sell candy.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It, it really is.
1: The the moment you start playing, they they're smiling
0: and they're into it. it and that's got to be a huge reward. A huge reward for you when you've put this together. You've gotten the endorsements. You've gone through sweat and built this uh, um, association huge. And you're actually get them get them to play drums and have express themselves, and they're happy. And you're generating happiness and good vibes and. I've seen pictures of you just, I, the big smile on your face when you got 40 people in the room just all banging on different kinds of drums, and everybody is smiling, everybody's having a good time, and it's, it's really cool, and it kind of feeds on itself, I bet. Basically, I
1: pinch myself on a daily basis that, that I get to do this now, and that it has uh, evolved into what it has become. It's true that every week on Friday, I get a whole group in there. And I don't honestly talk about planting a garden. I don't really advertise the, the drum jam anymore. And every week consistently, I get 25 to 45 people coming through the door because of the consistency of doing it for six years has taken root. Yeah. Every time I had new people and I asked them, how did you hear about it? Oh, you know, my friend has come or I saw online someone post a picture or, you know, and, and it just spreads. And so that's another aspect of this is if you're really consistent about the way that you do things, you know, and not change your mind over and over. Yes, you can make adjustments, but if you're really consistent and genuine, it's funny, you know, that we're doing this podcast because I actually had my staff meeting yesterday mm-hmm. uh, to prepare for the classes. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I mentioned, and I've said this in the past, is we talked about all the technicalities and stuff, but at the end I said, you know, the most important thing is that everyone that is in this building is having a positive experience. The staff needs to feel positive. The parents, the students, anyone that comes in this building should feel happy that they are there. And that's the ultimate goal is that, you know, what we're doing is meant to bring joy to everybody's life in one way or
0: the other. I think that the definition of success nowadays has changed because success, I think, used to be all about making money and being rich and having a Rolex and a nice house. And I think now it's starting to start a movement of if you're happy and you're doing something you love, then you're successful and the money isn't as big of a deal as it used to be. Because when you see somebody who's really happy, it's almost like that I get people that see me as happy as I am all the time. And they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, cause I choose to be happy. I choose to share happiness and, you know, and I'm, I'm like, you can learn it, too. You just have to want to, you know, and that people don't even realize how simple your life can be if you're happy and you're positive and you take things, that, you know, one thing at a time and you just enjoy your life. And if you choose to be miserable and choose to see the glasses half empty, then and you focus on negativity, that's all you're going to get, you know, but if you focus on the positivity, that will come back to you. And I think knowing you knowing how much you've always focused on the positive in every situation in your life you've always been a positive person and you always make people feel good when they're around you too and the fact that you can share the positivity through your music you're doing it with something you love so it's not doesn't feel like work and you're sharing positivity and and you know and it's all good <laughs>
1: Well, I I agree completely uh, that things have definitely shifted. I feel that if you are positive and successful, like you were saying, not the, the financial part, but doing something that you really enjoy, And kind of keeping that, that type of attitude. The financial part tends to take care of itself. Now, yeah, you might not have, you know, three houses and you might not be incredibly wealthy, but you'll be able, if you find something that you love and you're good at and you're, you're passionate about, then you're going to find a way to support yourself off of that thing. And one of the things also that I've done a few times now, and I'm going to actually be focusing on creating a presentation for colleges and universities, is the fact that as a musician, it's kind of a known thing, you know, the musicians, starving artists, you know, like the typical idea that if you want to be a musician, you're not going to make money or you're not going to, you know, you better become a bartender or something. Right. I feel that and especially in today's world, um, with social media and everything, that it's possible that many talented musicians could find a way to make a living if they would just engage their community directly. The kind of old fashioned way about like getting the gig yeah. or you know, teaching at a school. I I believe that that's becoming outdated. Those jobs still exist, but, you know, there's a million talented musicians and it's hard to, you know, get one of those positions. So if you can do it, if you can play in a symphony orchestra or be the drummer of famous, you know, rock band or whatever. Uh Great. Thank goodness. That's wonderful. (laughs) But the community wants arts. They may not even know it. But when they get it, when you're able to provide it for them, they appreciate it like unbelievably.
0: Because it makes them feel good. It's a good feel when, you, you know, with the arts, with whether it's dance or music or anything that has to do with the arts. It, it's a natural high. It makes you feel happy.
1: That's what makes us human is the arts. Mm-hmm. As musicians and as artists, being able to expose again, you know, I feel like, what I've done is just an example of that. Not everyone has to build a huge center or try to go. To, but even if if you're you know a musician and you want to do a, a weekly uh, open mic night at a coffee shop, and you want to put that together and eventually you know start it with donations or whatever, like whatever ideas that you have can be created and, and can be followed through. Right, And by doing that, you're providing a service, basically, to the community. You have the opportunity to make money from it. Maybe not your full living at first, but things evolve. And then the more people that are exposed to the arts in a very organic way, it creates a movement. Mm -hmm. And then communities in general are more aware and, and appreciative of the arts. That is something that I'm definitely going to be working towards, but now I feel I, I can show myself as an example of that. The need for that type of thing in, again, any version of it but in the community, I think it's something we really need in this yeah, world right now.
0: I agree. And so some of the stuff, I have had a few questions that I was going to ask, and you you've, you answer them as we go along, so I'm like having to wipe them off my board. One of them that I was, is uh, what legacy do you want to leave behind? How do you want people to remember Brandon Cruz? You
1: know, I, I've i always been myself to people. I've always been genuine and honest, sometimes to a fault. You know, I think that most people can feel that when they meet me, whether it's a short period of time or whether they've known me for a long time. And I think they know that I am very caring and passionate Not only about what I do and music and, you know, what I feel I'm good at. Hopefully people will remember me as that caring, genuine type of person that wanted to give to to others to to basically to help anyone that that I can in, in whatever way that I can. Um, You know, I've been doing this now for 25 years, teaching and playing professionally. So to to sum it up would be that I hope people remember me as an honest, caring person that tried to help what I feel I'm talented at.
0: You you are doing that. And uh, the fact that you have such an extensive musical background and are so patient and willing and you want to share your knowledge of music. And the feeling that you get playing music with everybody, and and you do, and you've created that environment, uh, that positive environment down there for you, which is which is really cool. I just did an episode a couple uh, a few days ago about people that have to deal with a medical illness in the family, or if they have a, uh, they've gotten diagnosed with something that they have to deal with for a short period of time or a lifetime and how they stay positive and i tried to talk about it but i've been blessed with health and the only problems i had is i broke my back but that was something that was not um it's painful for the rest of my life but it's not a chronic uh illness that i got and um i know something happened to you i don't know if it happened or if you had it your whole life i'm not sure but would would you be willing to talk about that to maybe help my listeners get through some things that they may be dealing with?
1: Absolutely. I've been uh, asked many times about it, and uh, I'm not shy about it. i I don't generally make an issue about it, but if I ever need to let people know, um, you know if there's a situation that that I need to be upfront about it, um, you know I again. I'm honest to to a fault, so I, I have no problem. About ten years ago, um, I can't believe it's been ten years already, but ten years ago, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It was pretty drastic at the beginning, kind of scary um, because the way that it works is who knows when I actually Started having it, and for anyone out there that doesn't know, multiple sclerosis basically is when your immune system attacks its own nervous system. And what it does is your body starts to uh, break down the covering of the nerves, which is called myelin. Okay. So not to get too technical, but you basically are break the the cells are attacking the covering, the sheath that goes over your nerves. And so when it does that, when it breaks it down, now your nerve signals can't be transmitted properly. So then you start having unexplained issues and it could be a huge range. I mean, your, your nervous system obviously controls your whole body. So depending on where this happens, you could lose feeling in a limb. You could lose use of a limb. You could lose eyesight. You could have cognitive uh, issues. The list goes on and on. I'm not sure when I may have, you know, started having these issues. I believe that it started before I was diagnosed and I just didn't realize it until finally what happens is I got sick. I think it was a flu. I got a fever, a pretty bad fever, and I had what's called a flare-up. And so when that happens, your body basically just goes nuts and you have no idea (laughs) unless you know you have MS. but. Um, I didn't. So I woke up one morning that I had the flu. And when I tried to get out of bed, I basically fell. Everything was spinning and I lost vision in my left eye, like numbness in, you know, parts of my body and my face and my hand. It was shocking at the at the time. So I went to the doctor, you know, they gave me steroids. I got better. Um, and then they took an MRI and they saw that I had lesions, basically scars on my nervous system, on my brain, on my spine. And the the scars are sclerosis. So that's why it's called multiple sclerosis because I had many scars on my nervous system. So basically once you have scars, once you've got the damage There's no necessarily any, there's no cure and there's no way to repair that. At least, you know, there's different treatments and things. But basically, at least up till now, they have not, you know, found a way to reverse symptoms. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you're diagnosed, then they put you on medications to try to prevent any future damage, to basically halt the progression of your immune system attacking itself or attacking the nervous. System. So now that I've given this long medical explanation, basically for 10 years, I've been adapting and learning uh, how to live my life uh, with these different situations. And I'd say one of the trickiest things about MS is that it's not predictable at all. So I could have one day where I feel totally fine and then the next day I could be exhausted beyond belief and then the next day I could barely walk and the next day I might not really feel my left hand very much. Wow. So that there's a variety of things and after a while you develop some consistency to your symptoms so you get to know how your body is dealing You know, with the situation and one of the hardest things about it is the unpredictability. So, you know, I've got to always kind of be ready.
0: And through all this, you're building a business at the same time and doing this outstanding thing with the SFCPA.
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, I won't say, I wouldn't say that this was the main reason why I had the idea of the SFCPA, but it definitely contributed the overall idea. Because at the time when I got diagnosed, I was teaching at a university. I was teaching at two other high schools. I was playing gigs, driving all over South Florida, loading drums, unloading, talking, you know, I had a pretty hectic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I knew that eventually I wasn't going to be able to keep up that pace. That it was going to be, and and I did a lot of marching band stuff, which obviously is outdoors, and heat is really a, a, a no no. It's really a, a problem for MS patients. So I knew that things were going to have to start adjusting. And like I said, that wasn't the the main factor but it definitely made me think about, you know, ways that I could still do what I love, but, you know, do it in in a way that would still fit with the lifestyle that I had to adjust
0: to. You had to adapt and to, and you're still doing what you love. And yeah, you know, they, they, the one saying is that God works in mysterious ways and things happen for a reason and all that good stuff. And through this, through you dealing with MS, you've now touched the hearts and the souls of so many people and shared happiness, probably with more people doing this than you would have done it if you stayed your other path.
1: Absolutely. Because in the other path, you know, I was obviously impacting kids, but you know, when you're at a school, you've got a kind of a limited amount of kids that you deal with from year to year here. I've, Really opened up, you know, now besides the classes that are being taught, we have concert series now that we've been able to put on. And, and so it's not about impacting necessarily long term, but short term, medium term, long term, whatever the case is, you know, we're able to just have a much wider reach than if I was just my normal instructor at and performer, you know, that I used to be.
0: Right. And you're bringing in some national acts too, aren't you? You've uh, attracted some national attention and got some, some high end drummers in there.
1: I have been very fortunate because it's a nonprofit. I've been able to apply for grants, both nationally and locally. And we've been very fortunate to win over the six years that we've been open. We've won 13 grants. Actually, we might've just gotten the 14th one. So we'll see. But we've been very good um, and very lucky um, to get all of these this support. And it's allowed us to bring in artists from all over the world that have either been passing through South Florida or that we brought on purpose.
0: But the fact that you built this and you are pursuing your dream and you're actually sharing so much happiness with everybody, it's really cool. And that's probably... A part of the reason why you can stay so positive and so motivated. I mean, the fact that you, what you were dealing with health-wise and you still built this business and followed your dream and didn't let the uh, diagnosis get you down and hold you back. I mean, I'm sure it was depressing at first, but you didn't let it win. You're actually running your life and, you know, I always always say that what you think about, you bring about, and if you have a dream and you follow it, it will eventually come as long as you just are persistent and patient, like you said at the beginning of the show, and you've proven that, that uh, you can stay positive in what looks like a grim situation. It's all in how you look at it and how you accept it and own it and then move on and still share the positivity.
1: You know, I've had a tremendous amount of support around me from the beginning with my wife, Wendy, and my family and friends. And just, you know, that has been so helpful throughout. There are some things that you can't control. If you can't control it, what's the point of being negative about it or or focused on, you know, oh, what happened to me and it's so bad? Like, you have to make adjustments. Yeah, I just, all along, I've had to make adjustments. I mean, I'll be completely honest. Like I said, I've had it for 10 years now, but over the last year and a half, my biggest problem is walking. And I didn't right. have that problem for the first, I'd say, seven or eight years. You know, it's been a transition. It is what it is. And I've accepted it. And it's really made things a lot easier for me Thing I was starting to you know, want to avoid situations, you know, I was getting uncomfortable. It was getting more difficult to teach. Like it it was, it was, it was tough. But, you know, I could have just sat there and, and felt bad that, Oh God, I can't walk or, you know, any of that stuff. And it's like, there's no, that's a waste of time. Quite on. It's natural. You're going to want to feel that I'd be lying. If I said that I've been, you know, smiling and happy about this. But you deal with what has been given. And if it's something you can't control, now I will say this, what you can control, you know, the choices that you make, I, I have really made an effort to eat well, to do all the things to do in order to try to make the best of the situation and be healthy. So you got to make good choices for the things you can control and not get down about the things you can't. I've had many conversations with Wendy and my mother and and other people, no matter what situation you're in, there's always going to be people that are better off than you. And there's always going to be people that are worse off than you. You can't sit and focus and compare what's going on in your life to all these other people, because first of all, you don't really know truthfully what's going on in other people's lives. So there's no, no point in sitting and dwelling on things by thinking about, oh, this person's got, you know, doing better or this person's doing worse. Like, don't worry about
0: that. It's, it's not healthy. It's it's really all about your own life and your own happiness and keeping your family unit happy and just sharing positivity. I mean, because if you're like, if you're just negative and you're sad and you're saying, oh, why me? then it, your life is just going to be miserable and it, people i wish people would just realized that it's their choice to feel that way you know it's it, you actually choose how you feel and it's that easy and if you feel like crap and you can blame it on other people but when you accept the fact that where you are in your life um is all, is because of what you've done in your past what your health situation is is what it is if you're not happy in a relationship, then change it. If you're not happy in a job, then change it. Don't be miserable in life because the whole point is to be happy. I think that's that's my whole big thing, man, is to to just be happy in life at every chance I can be. And sure I get pissed off and mad sometimes, but it's everybody does. But I don't dwell on the negativity, don't dwell on things that I can't control. And I do focus on things I can't control and try to make them better at every chance I get.
1: Absolutely. You had said earlier about how society has kind of changed its uh, definition of success from, like, financial to more about happiness. And I think that's a very good thing because when we're done, we don't get to take the money with us. All, all, all you have is your, your memories and your experiences. Right. So – you have to choose to make the best of those. And yeah, there are going to be tough times in anybody's life, but you have to find the best possible way that you can to deal with them and to, again, make the right choices for you. And if you don't make a right choice, then you correct it. You recognize it and and you move on and you you try to make some sort of direction to to improve whatever it is everything's a learning experience
0: right and if you if you make a bad decision then you you own it and you move on you don't deny it or pass the buck exactly
1: you can't live your life in fear you you have to enjoy what you've got appreciate what you've got and just make the best of every possible situation that you're in when you know it's a stupid example but obviously Miami is notorious for bad driving, you know, and I get to witness that all the time. And every time that like someone either cuts me off or, or like, won't let me in a lane or something like that, like, I'm always willing to let someone get in front of me or, or come in, like, I'm always thinking that way, because I just think like, what's, what's the point? And it's, it's a silly example, but it's just the way that you automatically feel about treating someone. Like why does that person need to be one car ahead of me? Or, you know, why, <laughs> why won't they, but like that stuff is so unimportant. So,
0: and you know, you not know, just the way, not to cut you off there, but I, I, it reminds me of when I moved up here from Florida. I'm so used to that style of driving and the people. And when I moved to West Virginia, And I was trying to get across on a road and I'd stop and I figured I got to wait. And all of a sudden the person slowed down and waved at me, go ahead. And I'm like, whoa, I was taken back. And I've been here over eight years, eight or nine years. And to this day, people still wave. uh, We have skinny roads and they'll wait for you so you don't have to try to pass on a skinny road. And 99 times out of 100, You'll they'll wave to you. You'll wave back, and it's such a nice environment. Everybody's like, "No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead." You know, <laughs> and it's I really am glad that I'm not in that environment, even though it didn't make me uh, a harsh or aggressive person. Uh, but I just like you. I can understand why you're so obsessed with getting one car length ahead or getting on somebody's bumper and not letting me in. You know, it's like, what's the point, man? <laughs>
1: yeah. I, again, I think it's a silly example, but it shows this people's kind of like outlook of how they deal with, you know, life. And I love what I do. And it, the, the organization is a nonprofit. And I wanted that from the very beginning because I, I wanted people to kind of let their guard down. You know, if I was a business, then when I say like, you know, that I'm offering a free Friday drum jam, then they're going to go, well, wait, what's the catch? Or they think I'm trying to sell something to them but even though we're a nonprofit we do have services that cost money. If we go to do a drum presentation at a library, you know, the library is going to pay us for coming out and doing that presentation.
0: Well, they should cuz it's a show.
1: Exactly. We're we're providing a service. So in general, people go, well, if you're a nonprofit, are you all volunteering your time? It's like, no, no, no. I, I pay my staff. We bring money in. The difference is for services that were paid for, that's revenue that helps pay for our expenses. And then for grants that we win, that pays towards programs that we offer for free. Oh. So when we have a group class for kids that we offer for the entire school year, for ages 18 months all the way to 18 years old, we have them split by age ranges, and I call it Little League for Percussion. It's group classes that they come in, and whether they have any experience or not, they're in. They're they're in the group, and they're performing within seven weeks of the beginning of the class. That's cool. We do that for the entire school year. It's called Rhythm Fun because of a grant. It's tuition free. So they come twice a week for the entire school year and perform four to six times a year. It's a full, full program and it's free.
0: That's awesome.
1: So that's that's the type of stuff that I'm able to provide now because it's a nonprofit. You know, we can offer these things, like you said, and I can help show how awesome drumming is basically to anyone that wants to listen. So and uh, and The easiest way is to just go to our website. Um, all of the information about our programs are there. One of the pages, I believe it says resources. There's a donate tab on there. So they could do that if they want to give a donation, that would be greatly appreciated. And also we're on all of the typical social media and all of it is basically the T H E S F C P A. The website is the sfcpa.org. Uh Facebook page is facebook.com slash SFCPA. The Twitter handle is at the S F C P A. And instagram it's a long story but basically it's at the underscore sfcpa because we had to redo the the easiest way to find the website is if you google south florida drums
0: oh that's cool
1: yeah if you google south florida drums we're the first site that pops up
0: south florida drums all right that's cool and if anybody wants it now it's like
1: a plug. That's fine. If, uh, anybody wants drum lessons from anywhere in the world, we do Skype lessons.
0: Skype lessons? I wanted to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think you got a little experience with that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, we, we do. We have amazing instructors. We have all the different types of percussion equipment. If you wanted to learn marimba or conga drums or drum set or you name it you can contact us and and we can
0: do it well it's I, i'm so impressed of what you've built and what you've been through over the years and how you've pers- persisted and stayed positive and you know continued to strive to be better and make this uh, this dream of yours such a reality and impact so many people and it's like you said it's it's you almost have to pinch yourself because it's growing by itself now not by obviously there's everything that you do to keep it growing but the fact that the word of mouth is spreading and the good vibes and the the experience of playing drums and percussion is actually being spread to people who might not have the chance to be able to play on real drums you know and you're creating that for so many people and, and it's uh, it's very inspiring Brandon very inspiring
1: well, thank you. I I had no idea. I had what I thought, uh, you know, it would be and it has really just evolved into this completely different but amazing journey and and I'm so proud of it, but I'm also just so kind of in awe of about being positive that if you really do something with you know a genuine intention and you work hard you're going to have positive results does that mean i'm going to be you know rich and famous no that's not even the goal but you will find a positive and fruitful result for hard work that you care about
0: everything is created from thought and the fact that you can think of something and make it a reality it's you know it's uh, it's great to be be a part of this this part of uh, the evolution of man with the social media and the ways to expand and get to so many people in such a quick uh, you know you can be streaming around the world in a matter of minutes and you know sit in your basement studio and talk to ninety thousand people all over the world. It's just incredible the the way technology has taken. our our connectivity and as long as we use it in a positive way um i think it's great
1: i i completely agree it's an it's both a scary but also exciting time to be around
0: well this has been an awesome interview i'm so glad that i got to get you on the show and got to uh, let the listeners hear your story because it is so inspiring and um hopefully um You'll inspire some other people to follow their dreams no matter what their situation is. And I'm sure I'll hear about it when I post it. And, uh, you know me on social media, I'll be blasting this everywhere. <laughs> and that, the website is thesfcpa.com, T H E S F C P com, correct?
1: Yes. And actually .com or .org would work.
0: Well, Brandon, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your hectic schedule. And, uh, to talk to us and, um, do you have any, any parting words in this, uh, this interview for my listeners, some kind of positive motivation for him?
1: Patience and persistence. If you can handle that, yes, nothing is going to ever be completely smooth. There's going to be ups and downs, but whether it's a short-term goal, whether it's a super long-term goal patience and persistence and being genuine, uh, about your ideas and, and what you believe and you will get there. It's like planting a garden.
0: That's perfect. I mean, I, I live by that great words. That's the, that's a perfect wrap for this, this interview, man. I really appreciate you taking the time, Brandon.
1: Thank you, Nat. I really appreciate you having me on.